here. It's us, your feet. We want to tell you something you already know. It's time to buy yourself some new shoes. Have you heard of the Knickknackery Co? It's the hottest new place to buy women's shoes online, and they have some unique soles for your soul. The Knickknackery Co's signature soles are handcrafted in small custom batches by professional artisans. A careful eye to detail delivers styles that are both timeless and on trend, and they're constructed to last. The best part? They're as comfortable for us as they are stylish for you. For sophisticated women who love quality and uniqueness, you can't beat the Knickknackery Co. Visit us online at www.shopknickknacks.com. Follow us on all social media. There are no shoes we'd rather kick it with because they are very sophisticated for the soul. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Afrotheopia, the experience. I am your host, Lizardy, and today, today we have a fiery, fiery guest for you. I am going to allow him to introduce his, himself. Excuse me as I like my guests to do that themselves versus me doing that. So hello and welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself as well as your name. Thank you. Okay, well, my name is Nakmizi. I'm known as Nakmizi on YouTube, so I don't really give out my government name that much. That's very Brooklyn of me. Um, and what am, who am I? I am an asshole because I just fucked this whole thing up, so let's start it again. <laughs> We're not live, right? Yeah, no, we're not live. I will have to edit. Um, yes, but you're hilarious. <laughs> oh. So now that we have gotten our introductions out the way, um, our topic and discussion today, we basically want to untangle what colonial religions have done for Mama Alcabulon. And so Nagmizi has a vast in his load bank, meaning his brain. And so we're going to pick that today. We're going to pick that day and have an engaging dialogue. So now my first uh, point or my first question to you is, can you tell me why we are so in love with religion just as a whole, not necessarily just on the continent, but as melanated people across planet earth let's start there i think honestly that religion is kind of an escape from reality an escape from having to do things by yourself and just the belief in a mystery god that if we have faith in the god no matter what you call him he'll take care of everything but history has already shown us that um you know you can pray to, to Jesus, the same Jesus that uh, the slave master is praying to, and you're still going to stay enslaved until you take it upon yourself to either fight for your freedom or kill for your freedom. It's interesting when you use the word, with a phrase rather, mm -hmm. escape from reality. I like that in the sense that I could see that even from a personal standpoint, I can see that. Um, me personally, I feel like that we are so in love with religion 
do you know the book title um the audacity of hope by barack obama no i have never read the book i'm never going to read the book <laughs> but just the title of that it almost yeah. imp- like in terms of the faith part of it you know have faith have faith well we as black people have had faith in these religions for so long yet I would say that we've been failed. You know, as a kid, when I would ask like my parents and things and even just elders around me, like if there is all of this, this powerful being, why is he allowing children to go through just tumultuous and contentious times in their young lives? Whereas you have adults who've never had, let's say any type of heartache. I didn't see the equity in that. To me, it made no sense. If someone has been allowed to live on earth an X number of years versus a small child whose life is very young, why should they endure versus someone who is an adult? So that never made sense to me. That never made sense to me. I could not rationalize that. And of course, um, my parents could not give me the kind of response that, of course, a precocious, logical inquiring child would naturally accept no I wasn't going to accept some of the answers that I was given because they made no sense I needed to I needed it to be logical and it was illogical but just that phrase escape from reality yeah so can you tell us then just for some background perspective as a kid for you growing up in New York in Brooklyn how was religion introduced to you what type of questions did you have for your parents how did you challenge the status quo, et cetera? Give us some background into that. All right. So what you said is literally exactly how I went through it. It's literally how my son went through it. Uh, when we first moved here to Holland from uh, actually, I'm, I made a pit stop in the Caribbean for like six months before we came here. But he asked the same thing. And we always, I remember using the children as an example. He also used children as an example. And as a youngster, I was the kid that always like um, would ruin movies for people looking for the reality, looking for, hey, that doesn't look right. Gravity doesn't work like that. So I had the hard questions for uh, my mom, number one, imams and people in the church. And one uh, pastor that I asked, he told me that um, sometimes children go through bad things because they are paying for the sins of their fathers. And I said, that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me, right? So that was the only person that really gave me an answer for that. But then I hit back with, well, if the child hasn't even had a chance to sin, then why are they paying, you know, for someone else's sin? And he was just basically like, we're all born into sin. And I'm just like, this stuff just made literally no sense to me. It's almost like you, you fail before you even begin and you have to spend your the rest of your life praying to some mystery god and trying to get over these sins that you never even committed because you were born into it it just totally makes no sense to me and um i always push back now i said my mother because my mother was more religiously inclined she was uh, she changed religions like underwear actually she was a, a jehovah she was a muslim she was a christian she's currently a christian she was part of the NSA, National 
Shogo Kai Association or something. This was in California where it was wow. like this Japanese Buddhist thing where you would chant Nam Yoho Renge Kyo, Nam Yoho Renge Kyo, Nam Yoho Renge Kyo. And I remember performing for that association in Cali. This is like, I'm 47, so this has to be like 1985 or something like that. Um, so it was basically like a cult. Um, so I've gone through a lot of these religious uh, systems. I went to Sister Clara Muhammad School when I was a kid, then Islamic School of New Jersey. So now that I'm even speaking about it, now I'm making a realization that my mom kind of turned to any religion that the person she was dating was into. You understand what I'm saying? So yes. I think wow. this is, this is a, a message to the women. Don't you know, allow your thought processes to be formed by who you are dating. You know what I'm saying? Do your own research. Ask the hard questions um, because you might be dating an idiot. You just don't know it yet. So, yeah, that's a little bit about my history. Okay. So it's interesting that you say that when you talked about your son and as you said, when, when you reflected back being a person yourself and as a child yourself, you're saying, well, how can a kid be held accountable for what a parent has done. Right. That is so true. It's almost like I'm accomplice to a murder and I was never there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, I am, me personally, I'm a child advocate. And so when I think of like when, when, when children have, when children have questions like that, it is so intriguing. Once it, one, it's intriguing just to see their minds work outside of a framework that has been tailored for them. And two, they should be questioning certain things. You know, for us, and maybe it was different for you, but for me, you're, you're, you're just um, a year older than me, not, but for me, there were certain things that my sister and I could never question for fear of retribution in that certain questions could garner you in what we call a good ass whooping because you've already been told, don't question certain things. So it's, it's, it's enlightening to hear that your son is asking you and his mother certain questions as well. But I'll say this, do you believe, some people, some people say, okay, before we get into the meat and potatoes, some people believe not that God is in you. How do you feel about that concept? Okay, so I mentioned my mom, but I haven't spoken about my mom's brother, okay, who is essentially my father after my father after my father, which is Khalid Muhammad. So my uncle was a part of the Nation of Gods and Earths, a.k.a. Five Percenters, and they had a very pro-Black view, basically saying that the Black man is God, and you control your cipher, like anything around you is on you. So it was a very do, do for self kind of mentality. There were obviously issues with that, um, but questions were always welcomed by my uncle. We would sit down and we would chop it up. And I'd say, well, some of your lessons don't make sense. Well, what do you mean? And then I'd break down the lessons, how they didn't make sense. And um, it was always welcome. But on the Abrahamic religion side as Islam, because I was a Muslim up until I was 40 years old, I'm 47. And I've dabbled in the church and things of that nature. You know, 
questions about it were always shunned, you know, and I, I was always taught that by my uncle, the truth can always be questioned. So anytime someone tries to scare you not into asking something or use religion as a, as a scare tactic, that's something that you don't really need to deal with. Um, my son, like I said, when we moved here, we, we stayed in a hotel for like two weeks while we were looking for a place to rent. And he was misbehaving in a hotel. And his, my wife, his mother said, well, something, something, uh, God this. And then he made a face. And she's, and she's like, you believe in God, don't you? And he said, no. And she started to go crazy. I said, well, let's listen to him. Because I've never had the conversation with him. I don't have conversations about um, religion and, and stuff with my children. I have conversations about black empowerment. So this was new for me. I said, let's listen to the young man. So he came with a, a, a scenario. He said, if God exists, why would he allow children to drown in boats in the ocean? Ooh. And I'm like, damn. And I was like, wow. You know, people sleep on children. But they yes. are very simplistic, but 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 straight to the point where we as adults sometimes complicate things. And we want to, you know, have these um, uh, these pissing contests. like Yeah, philosophical pissing contests. Like, well, who knows more about this testament and this and that? When you break it down to the nitty gritty, my sister, we are in control of our destinies based on our works, based on our networks, based on on strategy and things of that nature. If you keep praying to a sky god, no matter if you call him Muhammad, Jesus, Jehovah, whatever, and you only rely on that, you're going to be at the bottom. Now, I think there's a, uh, I don't know if it's in the Bible, but I've heard faith without works is dead, right? Have you ever heard that one? Of course, of course. Okay. Christian favorite. <laughs> okay, yeah, they always say that. So, if faith without works is dead, but the works is getting you, then what, what do you need to have faith for? What are you having faith in? Just do the work. That's why I don't get caught into people's personal ideologies in that nature. What are you doing? I'm not about the real talk. I'm about the real action. And I think our people spend too much time believing in sky ghosts and not putting the work in. My wife was one of them. She would say, um, what she used to tell me one time, she says, I'll leave it in the hands of God and God's hands. But in her language, it, it turns out to hands of God. Right. I said, well, okay. you leave it in, in God's hands. You're going to find out that you're missing out on things that you could have done if you just did it yourself. You have to do the work. But that's a cop out. I'll leave it in God's hands. Basically, whatever happens, happens. Let the, let the chips fall where they may. And that's what I'm saying. We put too much into the sky, God, and not into into not enough into ourselves. And now we're not the only people that do, do this. But when you look at other peoples across the, the the planet, those that believe in certain things, they um they see themselves in their religion. So the Chinese see a big fat Buddha with slanted eyes as themselves. The Indians, mm. what they call Hindustanis here. Indians see themselves in their religion. Even Hanuman, the, the, the monkey god, still has features 
that look like an Indian, you know? So they have themselves, and I think for any belief system to work, you have to see yourself in it. If you are just praying to a white Jesus on the wall, and I saw millions of them in, in Accra, oh, not millions, but I saw too many for my liking in Accra, mm -hmm. you grow up with this, not necessarily uh, um, minority, what is it, a minority complex? Or, or, or not that you're less than, but you put them up as better than. And then by proxy, you start feeling less than. So you got black people looking up and praising a white Jesus and therefore saying the white man is God. So if the white man is God, then what are we? The devil or nothing. That's subconscious. That works subconsciously. So if we had, that's why I don't really, I don't really rock with Israelites, but I like when they put, you know, that Yahweh was black and, and things of that nature. I like that, even though there are some issues with there because it, there's some sort of uh, anti-African things in there. But hey, psst, down here, it's us, your feet. We want to tell you something you already know. It's time to buy yourself some new shoes. Have you heard of the Knickknackery Co? It's the hottest new place to buy women's shoes online, and they have some unique soles for your soul. The Knickknackery Co's signature soles are handcrafted in small custom batches by professional artisans. A careful eye to detail delivers styles that are both timeless and on trend, and they're constructed to last. The best part? They're as comfortable for us as they are stylish for you. For sophisticated women who love quality and uniqueness, you can't beat the Knickknackery Co. Visit us online at www.shopknickknacks.com. Follow us on all social media. There are no shoes we'd rather kick it with because they are very sophisticated for the soul. You have to see yourself in these belief systems for them to actually work for you. So it's interesting, two, two points out of what you just said. The first one, you, you didn't finish the story as to what you and your wife told your son when, when he asked this question. And the okay. second part, point is, I wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying in terms of how adults, one, we can overcomplicate things that should that can be very simplistic, okay? I, but I think that comes from a place of us trying to stroke our own personal egos in terms of education, and not education in a formal setting, but education within its totality. Because I'm sure you know people that have never went to college, but they've read so many books, they probably are just, they can articulate better than some of these scholars, that were people that we consider to be scholars. So I totally um, agree with you in that regard. But tell, but tell me about the point in terms of your son. Okay. What did you and your wife actually convey to him? That's when I had to like, you know, pull the I'm the man card and I don't like to do that. But what I had to do was let him explain how he thought and why. And basically he mirrored my same thoughts, but I never had the conversation with him. And the reason why I don't have conversations about religion and faith with my children, I say, because that's very personal. So I will give them the reality of where we live and the reality of being black, where we live and worldwide, um, the reality of, of interpersonal relationships, education and things of that nature. 
but I don't get into religion with them. If they want to grow up and say they want to be a Christian or a Muslim, that's a personal thing for them. But the conversation that I have with them about reality, for the most part, is going to keep them grounded and not believing in the sky God. So with him, once we had that conversation, I saw that he started going too far and too deep for his age. So I had to bring him back. What I mean by bring him back is that there's something called meat before milk, right? I mean, milk before meat. I gave him the milk, but he started jumping into steaks. And yes. he's not mature <laughs> enough to deal with that that sort of knowledge. So you have to kind of, you know, feed him a little bit, take him from the milk to the Similac, maybe milkshakes and things of that nature. So he was just extremely advanced. And he still is on point. Like, he ear hustles when I do my podcast and things of that nature. But I always tell him, do your own research. I remember he was doing um, homework, and we are in Holland. And we're not too far from a place called Middelburg in Zeeland, which is where they made the slave ships that the Dutch BOC used to transport slaves in the transatlantic slave trade. We're, we're not even an hour away from there, right? So the Dutch are, are big deniers into their role in the slave trade, but recently they've started coming um, clean with their involvement. He would bring me stuff in his history books and like, yo, why is they saying this? This is not true. And look how they're, 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 they're denying their role in this and that. So I'm like, wow. But I turned him into like a, a, a little Khalid Muhammad by, 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 by chance. And I wasn't trying to do that. So I had to wean him off, let him enjoy being a child, but still have that knowledge itself, that knowledge of, of, of who we are as a people without you know, stealing his childhood away from him. So I have to dial it back. Okay, understood, understood. Because it, it is your it is your duty as a parent to also be able to decipher, like you said, even though he was a asking the stake type questions that you had to spoon feed him certain information because really mentally he was not truly prepared for what you as an adult could actually relate to him and him process it effectively. So I, I get all of that. Can I, can I add one little thing? And I'll tell you the, the WTF moment for me with him was um, we were going somewhere. We were going to the, the, the supermarket. And he's like, Papa, why are these crackers always staring at us like that? I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I said, he's using stuff that he heard me say. I'm like, look, let me explain to you why you shouldn't use that and because I don't want to go to school, you know, and, and using, you know, Khalid Muhammad type, you know, or, or extreme black power extremist uh, jargon when he's just dealing with people in his normal uh, life because we're an extreme minority here. And we still have to play this game until we start running the game. So the WTF moment was when he casually referred to them as crackers. And I said, OK. He's gotten too much. I got to put him back on, on Transformers and the Flintstones and, and a little less Khalid Muhammad. You feel me? He's his daddy's child. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that's interesting. Interesting. Um, Wow. Okay, so let us move on. So when you think about religion just on the continent of Africa, a.k.a. Mama Al-Kibulon. Mm -hmm. 
just in your experience personally on the content, give me first one word to describe what you saw in terms of religion the first time you set foot on the continent. One word. Sad. Okay, now expand. I was upon. saddened. Why, I was why? saddened. I knew with all my studies that there was an issue with the colonial mindset, that there was an issue with the worship of white skin. I knew that, you know, the missionaries did introduce the, the, the uh, what do you call it, the, uh, the Bible and Christianity, Catholicism in some places. I knew it. But when I touched down in Accra, even before I touched down, I was having conversations with, with, with some of my brothers in Ghana before I got there, just trying to set myself up. And I remember one brother sent me a thank you, right? But then it was like some white hands with like a halo on them or something like that. I'm like, what? Like for me, when I send my thumbs up and my fists, I'll make sure that I turn them black before I send them on WhatsApp. But I noticed with them, it was all white, white and, and, and Jesus. And, and I'm like, now nah, maybe you just don't know. So when I went there, I remember walking through Osu and there was uh, like a whole bunch of churches and the churches were the nicest places, but people were wearing their Sunday's best to go to church, but where they were living looked like crap. So I'm like, yo, the, the, they're putting all this into the God, but it almost clouds their vision to where they are at that point because they have this faith that things will get better. And when you have faith without works, obviously you're going to be living in those sort of um, conditions. So, I was saddened. I saw more white Jesus in Ghana that I've seen here in Europe. I've seen more Israeli flags in in uh, in Ghana than I've seen on CNN or C-SPAN. Uh, and if it wasn't that, it was Muslims. Everyone in a, everyone running around with the with the t-skirts and, and the beanies on, saying Allah Akbar and Assalamu Alaikum and this and that. And I'm just like, wow, what about their religion is so greater that you've pretty much put your own belief systems aside to embrace theirs. Now, there is a mix, African culture mixed in with uh, Christianity and Islam. I get it. But if, you, if it was up to me, you know, I would just do away with that Christianity and Islam altogether. And I'm saying this as a former Muslim, too. Okay, so it's interesting that you said that. So one, one point you mentioned, you talked about the church versus home. Let's say how the aesthetics look as mm -hmm. well as in, uh, to their attire. Well, in the West, as you know, and you've lived in other countries yourself, like myself, you see that as well. Um, you can have churches in the hood that are all flamboyant, flashy, up-to-date, all these high-powered electronics, audio systems, and people are coming in, and they looked a bit um, fancy, but yet when they go home and they mm -hmm. go in their jobs, a lot of times they look disheveled. So I don't, I, I see the same in that point. But what I noticed differently just in my travels on the continent is that, one, you all have K 
Catholics on the continent basically versus everyone. And then you may find yourself with just Christians versus Muslims. And to me, internally, that is so divisive. I'm going to give you an, um, an example of that too, because this will touch on a point when you talk about their own culture, their own religion. I experienced uh, something on the continent that showed me that it is pretty much culture over religion. However, at the same time, people on the continent are still religious fanatics for colonial religions. An example of that is, again, Catholicism. These folks will sit and, and tell you about the Beatitudes and all of this and praying on their rosary beads. And then two minutes later, um, they're out doing a bunch of things that, that are against the Catholic faith. But then they'll say, well, it's my culture. And you're saying, hold up, hold up, hold mm -hmm. up, hold up. How are you meshing religion with culture? I mean, which one is going to be superseded? Well, people have said to me, my own experience, well, it depends on the situation. Well, hold up. I thought that if you are a practicing Catholic, that that's in your everyday life, subconscious and conscious. So how is that taking a precedence based on situation? Oh, but because now you're dealing with this, now it's the culture. It's now I'm Zulu. Now I'm Lua. You see what I'm saying? So right. I, I never, to this day, uh, not understood how they make the correlation to separate the two. Because if you're saying that you are a Christian, if you're saying you're a Catholic and you're following this doctrine, how are you allowing your culture to supersede certain tenets of what you claim to be practicing? And then you get mad with somebody because they're a Muslim and they don't practice the way you practice. See, some of that, too, brings about um, hypocrisy, if you will. Have you ever seen that yourself? Well, <laughs> of course I have. And what it <laughs> is, is have your cake and eat it, too. Or I'm going to do what I feel like doing and have ex ready-made excuses as to why I can do this and still point judgmental fingers at others. I had a Nigerian brother worked with me at a high-end uh, jewelry place and we worked with each other for seven years. And remember, I told y'all I was Muslim until 40. I was a very practicing Muslim, very hard with it, right? And this okay. dude spoke Arabic. I didn't understand what he was saying. He's like, blah, 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 blah. I'm just like, it sounds like it to me, right? But he was always showing off how Arabic, how much, how much like an Arab he could speak. But when it came to Ramadan and fasting he had every excuse in the book and he never ever fasted during ramadan so i said this dude wants to play high and mighty when i'm the pious muslim and oh we can't do this we can't do that meanwhile he was running amok through the through the store with the women he never he never um fasted he never made salat. We would invite him to make salat in a room that we had. So I'm like, you just want to look righteous, but you want to act an opposite of according to the teachings 
that you want to push on everyone else. So that's what that is. You know, in my house, I remember uh, they used to say, you know, I did my best. Oh, yeah, I did my best. I told my whole family, I said, look, I don't want to hear that crap anymore. I did my best. I said, because what you're doing is you're giving yourself an out for when you fail. What else do you want? I did my best, right? No, Mm -hmm. get it done. So if you're really about that life, that Christian life, that Muslim life, then be about it 100%. If you're going to be about your culture, be about your culture 100%. But the reason why they have to choose is because, honestly, these two um, things, they don't mesh. You can't be totally culturally African, practicing the Europeans' religion, and have it mesh well. They try. You know, they try like with, uh, I think, uh, what what is it? Santeria has um, elements of, 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 of Yoruban culture and also of Catholicism and try to mesh it and things. Look, just pick one. You can't be the jack of all trades and master of none. And we have to ask ourselves, what about the white man's religion is so good or the Arab's religion that is so good that Africans have pushed their own spirituality to the side and embraced that? And what I've come to personally, one was in Accra. I said, damn, they got AC in that church. My ass would be in there every Sunday, too, if I could get um, drinks, uh, AC, and, and food drive. So at these churches, they know how to give out the AKA, the nigger trinkets to keep you coming, okay? They know how to do the food drive. They know how to make it nice. They know how to, you know, talk that talk to make it attractive to you. But the African spirituality, um, for the most part, doesn't involve a lot of these, these trinkets to try to get you into it. It's your culture. So people are giving up their own culture and trading it for, for, for church trinkets and, and AC and, and a hot meal every and, and, and a nice word. Meanwhile, those people that are given those words are some of the most corrupt people around. Creflo Dollar was asking for like millions for a jet plane and things of that nature. I went to a church on a hundred and one seventy ninth and Broadway. I think it was from the Reverend Ike. I don't know if you ever heard of Reverend Ike. Of course, I have. Okay, I went to Reverend Ike's church in 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 um, Washington Heights because my mom made me go. Okay, the thing, and this is uh, parents, don't you know make your kids believe in what you believe. Because you're with a man and then you get with another man and now they got to believe in something else. Because then they'll either be confused or very well versed like me. So it's not a, it's not worth the gamble. So we went to the resident, Reverend Ike's church. He pulled up in an old, old school type of Rolls Royce or something like that. And I remember one thing about his sermon that, that stood out. When he was asking for them tithes, he broke it all the way down to the penny. He said, and even if you got pennies, just roll them down the aisle. And I, that stuck with me. I was like 14 or 15 or something like that. I'm like, yo, this slick back, he had like slick hair, like almost 360 ways, but going back, I said, this dude is just a swindler. But we were, you know, going to Sunday school, reading, reading a good word, but there was always snacks, okay? There was always Kool-Aid. And that had, we went actually for that. So there's a way for them to keep black people going to these churches and believing in these sky gods 
it, it has to do with the trinkets that are given out and, and, and instant gratification and basically the, you know, the belief in something that if you just believe in me, everything will be all right. But we have colonialism, we have slavery, we have post-slavery, we have the situation that we're living in now. We've been praying to these same people or these same entities and has not, nothing has changed for us. It ain't going to change until we get serious about our own Black-centered education. I'm not saying African-centered education on purpose. Black-centered education, so that encompasses Black people all over, not just people in Africa. Um, military, industrial, medicinal, and agricultural. Until we start focusing on those things, and we can start sustaining and supporting and producing our own stuff, then we're always going to be at the bottom of the, uh, of the social ladder. Hey, psst, down here, it's us, your feet. We want to tell you something you already know. It's time to buy yourself some new shoes. Have you heard of the Knickknackery Co? It's the hottest new place to buy women's shoes online, and they have some unique soles for your soul. The Knickknackery Co's signature soles are handcrafted in small custom batches by professional artisans. A careful eye to detail delivers styles that are both timeless and on trend. And they're constructed to last. The best part? They're as comfortable for us as they are stylish for you. For sophisticated women who love quality and uniqueness, you can't beat the Knickknackery Co. Visit us online at www.shopknickknacks.com. Follow us on all social media. There are no shoes we'd rather kick it with because they are very sophisticated for the soul. Looking at the height of my side, a beauty that you cannot deny. Oh, I love the Serengeti. As I watch the sunrise No matter where you coming from There's so much to invest on Africa, Mama Africa So much look at So much you can invest Can't even look back Africa is the best There's so much look at So much you can invest Can't even look back Africa is the best Africa Ethiopia Mama Kipunan Africa's my home forever Africa Ethiopia Mama Kipunan Africa's my home forever No matter where you coming from There's so much to invest on Africa Mama Africa Look at so much you can invest, can't even look back. Africa is the best. Africa, Ethiopia, Mama Kipunan. Africa's my home forever. Africa, Ethiopia, Mama Kipunan. Africa's my 